This happened about three years ago. I was going to visit my family because it was my cousin's 12th birthday. I had moved to Virginia the year prior, and I was going to surprise my cousin because I hadn't seen her since I had moved. They live in Tennessee. Anyways, the drive was about six and a half hours. Everything was going good for the first two hours of the trip. Then this car had started following me randomly. I left in the nighttime so that I could get there in the early morning. I had thought nothing of it for about 30 minutes to an hour. The car was on my ass the whole time. I had started to become worried. I pulled off at the nearest exit. I just really wanted to see if the guy got off on the exit as well. And guess what? He did. I had went into the gas station to go get some snacks and a drink. When I came out of the gas station, I saw the car parked kind of on the side of the building. I then quickly got in my car and got back on the highway. I saw the same car come up the exit ramp behind me. I was just starting to enter Tennessee and he was still following me. I had decided to search up the nearest police station on my GPS. I got off on that exit and the police station was about two miles up the little highway. When I pulled into the police station, he just kept driving down the road just as I had expected. I went into the station and then filed a report. They then told me that I could go on my way. I ended up driving the rest of the three hours without any problem. When I finally got to my aunt and uncle's house, I told them what happened. They told me that they didn't like the area that I was living in at the time, and that it was a hotspot for human trafficking. Luckily, I didn't get trafficked, but every time I go back down there for the holidays, I always get nervous, even though I moved last year. My husband's son and I loved boating, kayaking, and really anything to do with the water. We also loved to visit the state parks in Georgia. This particular park that we chose to visit said on the internet that it was centered around a preserved gristmill and sawmill covered bridge as well as a dam built in 1880. It said that the dam created a 412 acre lake with tea stained pure water which was home to stately cypress trees draped in Spanish moss and tupelo trees that touched the sky. The person at the visitor center said the cypress trees grow these things out called knees that grow above the roots. Their function is unknown, but they were everywhere, growing at different heights. They sort of make the lake look spooky or like a fairyland. They looked like a perfect place to take a canoe out into the water. After renting the large metal canoe, we climbed into it and headed out to explore the lake and see the exotic cypress trees growing like skyscrapers growing right out of the water. It felt like you are being transported back to a time nearly forgotten. While paddling, you can see beaver dams, alligators, venomous cottonmouth snakes, blue heron, as well as white ibis and other wading birds. After paddling to the far end of the lake, we decided we needed to head back before it got dark. We headed back somewhere in the middle of the lake, and we hit something. What the fuck? We could not go forward, and we could not go backward either. All we could do was spin, no matter how hard we paddled. Maybe if we rocked the boat. It was starting to get dark, and the mosquitoes were relentless, 
Who was going to jump into the water and maybe push the boat? Nobody. Not with venomous snakes and alligators out in the water. We decided to yell for help, but no one could hear us. It's now dark at this point. What was that splash? Was it an alligator? I guess the park is closing now, right? We thought to ourselves. Aren't they worried that a boat isn't back yet? Yes, we had life preservers, but alligators and cottonmouths could be waiting to attack. There was water at my feet. The freaking canoe was leaking, and we keep spinning and rocking. After spinning, rocking, and yelling for hours, suddenly the boat broke loose from whatever was holding us hostage. We paddled back as fast as we could before the canoe filled with water. We figured that with our combined weight of 525 pounds, the canoe skimmed over a cypress knee and the canoe fell down onto it and created a nice dent to create a big spinning top that eventually drilled a hole into the canoe. I really hope they got rid of those metal canoes. I never went on that water ever again. This happened back in 2015. I'm born and raised in Maine. My family and I decided that we wanted to finally move out of the state for a fresh new start and to meet some new people. We all agreed that we wanted to move to South Carolina as we found a good deal on a three-bedroom house and a good-sized property. We packed up our things and started on our journey. Once we finally got to South Carolina, we started to unpack. Once we all got settled into our new home, my brother and I, Travis, got enrolled into Anor High School. On the first day of school, we were so nervous because the school was way bigger than any we'd ever been to. The first day of school wasn't so bad after we had made a few friends and people enjoyed our company at the lunch table. On our bus ride home, we had made some plans to hang out with our new friends. They live in a big trailer park just down the road, so we said that we would meet them once we got our bags dropped off at our place. So after we dropped off our bags and told our mom where we were going, we started on our walk to the trailer park. As we were walking around the park looking for our friends, a black pickup truck was slowly creeping up beside us. Once we noticed this truck, we turned our heads to their direction and they came to a complete stop. There were two guys and one girl sitting in the truck. They yelled out to us and then said, Hey, y'all want to hang out? Let's go for a ride. My brother and I looked at each other and looked back at them, then said, Yeah, sure, why not? So they told us to hop in the back, which we did. They then proceeded to take us down this dirt road that we've never been on. We were having a blast at first, until they started to speed up to an uncomfortable speed, making the truck fishtail with us on the back. I then looked at my brother with a scared expression on my face, and I thought at any minute they would flip the truck and our lives would be over. Thankfully, however, that didn't happen. The truck finally came to a complete stop. We then got out of the back of the pickup truck. They took us to a boat landing area where you can have fires, barbecues, and swim. The girl that was with the two guys had asked if we wanted to go swimming but we declined since we didn't have any swimming clothes. She walked away after that, and it seemed like she was getting irritated with us for declining the offer to go swimming with her. 
So my brother and I walked to the back of the pickup truck to roll a blunt, just to feel good and kind of change our mood and to try and have a good time. After a couple of hours of smoking and hanging out, we told them we needed to go home now as it's a school night and it was starting to get late. We asked them if they could give us a ride back home now since we were new to the area and that we didn't know our way back. They proceeded to tell us that no and that we don't need to go home. As you can imagine, I started to get really freaked out at this point that they were up to something and after asking them once more to take us back home and that our mom would be worried, they still declined and continued to just drink and smoke. My brother looked over to me and then just said, Okay, since they don't want to take us home, we're going to have to find our own way to get back home. So here we are now on our own, walking up the dirt road and trying to find our way out of here. When suddenly, we hear their pickup truck start up and we could hear them driving our way at a fast speed like they were trying to catch us to do only God knows what. At the corner of my eye, I'd happen to notice a path that leads off the dirt road. As I look up the path, I noticed that it was a driveway that led up to a house. I looked over at my brother, then said, Hurry! Let's run up to that house and see if those people can help us! So in a panic, we ran up the driveway to the person's house. Me being scared, I told them that we needed the police to be called, and I then just explained the whole situation that we had been through. The nice gentleman agreed, as he was worried as well, and he then called the cops for us. The cops finally showed up after about 15 minutes. We then made our statements, and the police brought my brother and I home safely. So to the three reckless teenagers that wouldn't bring us home and scared the absolute life out of us, I pray and hope that we don't encounter any of you ever again. I'd like to start off by prefacing that my entire family has been known to see some pretty creepy and unexplainable things for as long as I can remember, and I'm not excluded from that ability. I'm currently a 24-year-old female, and my paranormal encounters go all the way back up to when I was around 5 years old, including hearing unclear apparitions or hearing noises that had no obvious explainable cause. I've also been interested in anything and everything horror and have become pretty desensitized to scary things. Seeing gray figures peeking from behind my doors or a shadow man standing next to my bed didn't creep me out half as much as what just happened to me and my friend the other night. We're in the end of July here in South Georgia, and we've been having some pretty bipolar weather, but my best friend's niece was having a birthday party at one of our other friend's house since she had such an open yard and the rest of us didn't. This gave plenty of room for all the kids, ages ranging from 3 to 10, to run around in and be pretty secure. Now, the town where this is located is a pretty small, close-knit town. The absolute definition of everybody knows everybody, you know? So, the friend who owns the house had moved in about a month ago, and she's had a few encounters with what we'll call the local druggies, like whispering at her at night while she's on the porch smoking and all and I was even there for an event or two. But we would honestly just laugh it off because we knew we were safe and that the previous owner knew the guy doing all this and the previous owner was also close to one of our other friends. See? Pretty close-knit. So the party happens and everyone leaves except for me. 
I decide to stick around and drink with my friend who owns the house, who we'll call C for the sake of this story. Well, since I was going to be drinking with C and let her vent about some things that she's been stressed out about lately, I decided to stay the night with her. It actually ended up being me, C, and her boyfriend, as well as one of his friends, and we were all just drinking and relaxing. A few hours go by, and it's around 11pm at this point. Someone brings up using the buggy ATV to go riding dirt roads, but the idea is kind of blown off a little bit considering that C has four kids inside asleep that we obviously just can't leave, even though this town is the kind of town that you can do that in. But I understand her concern though, especially with the encounters with the local druggies she's been having. At first, we weren't going to go riding at all, but then I brought up the idea that me and C can go riding first, and then when we get back, the guys can go. So that way, two adults would still be at the house at any time. Everyone agrees, so me and C load up, me being the driver. Now, I didn't grow up in this town, and I've only ever really been there to go visit and stay the night with C. But we never really went exploring before, so with me driving, C had to navigate what dirt roads would be best to go on. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Two women riding around at almost midnight drunk and on dirt roads just sounds like a mixture for trouble. Well, in our defense, we all have Life360, which for those of you who don't know, it's actually an app where you can track someone's location as long as they have their location turned on. So if we get stranded or lost, C's boyfriend would be able to locate us. So with that in mind, the ride started off pretty fun. We had to drive down an asphalt highway for about 10 minutes, going 25 miles per hour, because it seemed like that's what the buggy speed capped off at. We ended up racing a car to a dirt road we were planning on turning on, and then we were drifting in this dirt road. All harmless fun and all. Well, we get about 5 minutes down this dirt road, and the temperature light comes on, and the buggy feels like it's not wanting to go faster, like it's actually slowing down. C messages her boyfriend's friend because it's his ATV and asks if it's normal, to which he replies for us to just stop somewhere and let it cool down for a second, and then it should be fine. We ended up coming upon a few houses, and I didn't feel comfortable to keep going if the temperature light was going to keep coming on like that. We reached a dirt road that turned off to the left, and I then used it to make a U-turn to go back. Where we were... The front houses nearest was an abandoned trailer and about two houses that were further back on a large plot of land. I was planning on stopping there and letting the buggy cool down there since the yard had lights that could keep some illumination on us. But C suggested that we go away from the house since our headlights were pretty bright and we had some music playing as well. And I doubt these people wanted to hear loud booming country rap at 11.30 at night. I ended up going about two more minutes up the dirt road and then stopping when there was nothing but trees surrounding us. Since there were no other lights other than the heat lightning around us, I decided to keep the ATV on but just park or keep the headlights on. While waiting for the temperature light to go off, we began gossiping like females usually do without a care in the world. We were pretty content not really needing to worry about our surroundings considering the closest house was at least a 15-minute walk away from us. The closest house being the ones far back on the large plot of land, and they were really far back. 
where we're sitting around for about five minutes, no more than that, when I didn't see movement next to C. I couldn't really register what the hell I was seeing because it all happened way too quickly. I partly blame this for the alcohol that I had in my system, and it was a complete shock as well. But the bigger shock was when a bright flashlight turned on directly next to C, and then there was a man. Now, remember how I said in this town that everyone knows everybody? Well, this guy just randomly turned on this flashlight, scaring the absolute shit out of the both of us. But I personally didn't really freak out within the first few seconds because I thought maybe C had known this guy. But when I looked at his face and listened to his first words, my blood ran absolutely cold. Now, this man had to have been in his 50s or 60s, at least 6 foot 4, and he had gray stringy straight hair that ended above his eyes, but turned into a mullet in the back. I remember vividly seeing him wearing the stereotypical overalls with no shirt, and he had a huge beer gut. But it was his smile that had me frozen. It was so eerily creepy. The only thing I can compare it to would be the character smile in the new horror movie Smile. And with the smile on his face, he said, You know, it's a bad thing to be broken down on the dirt roads this late at night. And the way he said it with the creepy smile on his face, it was almost like he was content, or dare I say happy to think that two young females were broken down in the middle of nowhere so close to midnight. Neither one of us answered at first, me not thinking to because I thought that maybe C had known him, but she ends up telling him that we're not broke down and that we just overheated and that we're about to leave. I took that as my cue to put the ATV in high drive. When she answered, he looked at me, then right back at her with that same creepy-ass smile before then just saying, Well, alright ladies, y'all have a good night then slowly walking toward the back of the ATV. At this point, the shock was still in my system, but my fight or flight took over, and I punched the gas, tearing out back to the house, forcing the ATV to go 40 miles per hour the entire way. Me and C start basically screaming at each other over the loud rev of the engine, asking each other things like, Why would he just pop up on two females like that? Why did he wait to turn his flashlight on until he got right up on us? And why didn't we hear him walk up? And also, where the hell did he come from? All of these questions we couldn't think of any answers to. I was much more focused on getting us back to the house safely and in one piece, but also as quickly as humanly possible. We do make it back, and safely, and as soon as we return, we relay the entire encounter to the guys telling them how a creepy man just popped up next to us and how we have no idea where he came from because we were only sitting for not even five minutes and if he had actually walked from one of those houses it would have taken him around 15 minutes to get to us but even then how would he have seen us parked in the middle of the road when we were out of eye shot from any houses see it started making the scariest comments saying how he could have been watching us from the trees or that maybe he saw us turn around and then just took the opportunity to see if we were potential victims for him. Our imaginations were going wild because of how many questions we could not have logically answered without it being scary as hell either way. Now, C's boyfriend is a pretty big guy, and he's also protective as all get out when it comes to C and her kids. 
so in us telling the story to them, probably looking like we're having a mental breakdown as we tell them, he decides to get his friends and go back and see if they can confront this man who scared us so badly. We tell them the exact route that we took and where we turned around and where we parked at, and they loaded up and took off. Meanwhile, me and C were finally calming down from the initial shock, and we were stone-cold sober at this point. We decided to try our best to get some sleep, because even if the guys didn't find the man, they're going to go their round of dirt road riding, so we didn't expect them to be back anytime soon. We would just get their story in the morning. I go into the living room, and I lay down on the largest sectional C has, and I start scrolling through TikTok just trying to see maybe some fake humor videos come across my feed to distract my brain from the fear that was still lingering. But as anyone does, I got sucked into the TikTok hole for close to 20 minutes. All of a sudden, C comes bursting in the living room, and she tells me that we need to get up and go with the guys back to the dirt road. I'm confused as hell at this point, so I ask, Why? What did they find? To which she then replied with, it's what they didn't find. They found our buggy tracks, but they can't find any footprints. When I tell you I felt my heart drop into my ass, I mean it. Because this man was a big man. He had to have left some kind of tracks. And the sands on the dirt roads are so soft not even a frog could hop across it without leaving tracks. Much less a 260 pound fully grown man. So we think that maybe they didn't stop in the right spot and we decided to go take them to the exact route that we took. We ended up waking her oldest son to keep an ear out on the two daughters, because it wasn't going to take us more than about 10 minutes, and we were locking every door and leaving him a phone just in case of an emergency. All four of us load up and see his boyfriend's truck, and we haul ass. We went the exact same route, then around and all, until we then stopped at the same exact spot that me and C had stopped at alone. Me and C get out of the truck, and she walks around 200 feet one way, and I walk 200 feet the other, both of us shining our flashlights looking for any sign of footprints. There's none. Where our buggy tracks were completely visible, there was no sign that anybody had even stepped foot on that road. Completely surprised and even more creeped out, all of us got back in the truck and started back to the house. I think the guys thought that we were playing some kind of joke on them or something, because they didn't really seem to believe us, but we told them that if it really was a joke, we would have told them that before leaving the house a second time, and that we wouldn't have left the kids alone at home, which we really wouldn't unless we absolutely felt the need to go find the missing footprints. The rest of the night went by pretty normal. We all just went back to the house, and me and C hit the sack again both of us thinking that we may just be a bit crazy at this point. I know this story isn't scary like a lot of the other ones out there, but it's just the thoughts that are creepy. Was it a man who was trying to help us, thinking we broke down? If so, why did he wait last second to turn his light on? And why did he feel comfortable walking up to two females that late at night without saying a single word? But at the same time, where did he come from? And where's his footprints? I really feel like we either came across someone who was in the trees and had planned on doing some pretty brutal and scary things to us if things had gone his way, or was it something a little more supernatural? The first option seems much more believable, 
just based on how clear and vivid this man was. But I mean, who knows? Maybe this was the first ghost I've seen that wasn't just a fog or shadow figure, and that I just don't know how to wrap my head around it. At the end of the day, all I have to say is please be careful riding dirt roads late at night, especially if you're female, because you never know who or what may be watching you. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...